Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're here with Daniel Crouch, founder of Daniel Crouch Rare Books, a specialist dealer in antique atlases, maps, plans, sea charts, and voyages dating from the 15th to the 19th century. Daniel, it's great having you on. Hi, thank you very much. For our listeners who aren't too familiar with the rare books and maps market, tell us about how it's grown in the past five years, and have you seen a similar expansion to the art market in terms of prices and popularity? Well, it's uh, yeah, it, it, the rare book market is a, is a more slow and uh, old-fashioned market than perhaps some other areas of the uh, art market. But in recent years, there's been um, some fascinating changes. Really, what I'd say is that it's become two markets, one of which um, has uh, uh, been greatly influenced by the change on the Internet and is a very price-depressive model with a natural home on, on eBay and on some of those book search engines. And that's what I would call the collector's market for the, for the medium to low-valuable material. And then, perhaps more interestingly, at the top market, things that aren't uh, available in many different examples, and, and their books and particularly maps have shown to have more in common with the, the fine art market, as people discover that this is an area... Of, of, of great interest and one in which you can still find uh, museum quality and institutional uh, quality examples of really, really rare and uh, special material. And tell us a little bit about how things are from a geographical perspective. So I'm really curious if certain maps or books uh, only appeal to certain individuals based on their location or ethnicity, or are you starting to see broader appeal for some of the things uh, that you're selling? Yeah, so I mean, I, I think because we, we specialize in travel and maps and atlases, there is a broader appeal of people who immigrate more, travel more, and have uh, more concept of place. And so I think that maps and atlases uh, appeal to that aspect of modern life. Um, I think one of the fascinating things that's changed in the market is watching the growth and then uh retraction of the, 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 the so-called BRICS, the uh, emerging market. So we had a huge growth of interest in Russian material up until about 2010, and that shrunk right back down. Similarly with Brazil, and in, in the last few months, it's been interesting to see uh, the enormous interest in Chinese uh, cartography and travel, not quite as enthusiastic as it was before, although I still think that market has somewhere to go. Last year, you were the first rare books and maps dealer to take a stand at Freeze Masters. How did that evolve so you were able to participate at Freeze? Well, I mean, I think to begin with, the organizers were reluctant to have uh, works on paper um, in what they considered to be the decorative arts field. They were very much aiming at a fine art market. Um, I think we made a plausible case that if Albrecht Dürer and Hans Holbein could make maps, then um, that map cartography should be considered one of the fine arts. And we hold our own certainly very well with the the quality of our material. And it has a great and, by definition, almost universal appeal. Um, People are very fond of of the maps and analysis. And I think the organizer freeze came to realize that. And they're very pleased to have us there now. And, yeah, tell us a little bit about what the experience was like at Freeze for you in your first year. And uh, was there a decent amount of crossover in general in terms of your clients were uh, some of the same people that were also interested and participating in the art world? Yes, I mean, we we rather consciously um, have as our mode of display of our maps something that's got more in common with certainly some of the modern and contemporary dealers, and we sell our cartography as 
graphic art um, as much as we do as sort of collectible historical artifacts. Um, and that meant that there is, that means that there is a great crossover with our material and um, modern and contemporary uh, art, art art dealers and interests. And we do sell to perhaps a, a younger crowd than the average antiquarian map dealer. Um, but having said that, uh, we do a lot of other art fairs around the world. We do Tate in Maastricht and the Winter Show in New York, and those have a he's a connoisseur audience. And they are people who are interested generally in, in, in the sort of material that we have to offer. So it was not an unfamiliar experience for us. Yeah, that was interesting there. You said that you do sell, uh, you do have <clears throat> crossover with some of the collectors who are also collecting modern contemporary art, while some other dealers may not. If you can just break down for us exactly what it is that's appealing or where it is where it is that you see that crossover with those collectors and what are some of the other things being sold uh, in your field that, doesn't have as much crossover. Well, I think people have a lot more affinity for uh, maps than they used to. We encounter more maps in a, uh, on a daily basis now than we did 10, 20, and 30 years ago. If you think every time you look at uh, your Google search page, you are automatically drawn to the map of where it is you're looking up. And um, we use that now in cars or on our phones all the time. So I think the graphic effect of maps is uh, and uh, the the, the idea of cartography is much more familiar to us now. And as I said before, we travel a lot more, whether it's immigration or traveling from, for, for, for business, work, or pleasure. Um, so people's affinity with cartography is much greater, and that means that people have the, 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 the graphic identity, they identify with, the, with graphic art, and that works quite well in terms of attracting people to the material, but also because it's uh, a graphic rather than a painterly style with a lot of the maps and the atlases, um, that lends itself to fitting into uh, modern design aesthetic. I think that's one of the reasons why it appeals uh, to perhaps some of the, 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 the younger and more contemporary collectors. But we also sell you know, atlases and globes which look perhaps a little less uh, avant-garde. What kind of advice would you give to someone who's fascinated by maps and maybe wants to start collecting, but they aren't really sure where exactly to begin? Um, collect with something that you love, whether it's a, a, a place or a style. Um, I myself have a large personal collection of maps of my hometown, which is Oxford. Um, and buy the very best that you can possibly afford. You'll never make a mistake for buying quality, whether it's uh, at the very top of the market or, or something a bit more casual as a gift for a friend. Um, the best you could possibly afford by original color and in as near perfect condition as you can find it. And we have Freeze Masters coming up shortly. Will you be exhibiting there again this year? And uh, if so, do you want to tell us a little bit about some of the things you'll have in your booth? Certainly, yes, we will. Um, we'll have uh, a very, very good selection of material this year. We've got um, three of the masterworks by the greatest cartographer of the 17th century, uh, the Blau family, so that's Johan and, and um, Willem Blau. So we have a pair of 68 centimeter, 1648 Blau globes, which are one celestial and one terrestrial, which are just magnificent objects of the Dutch Golden Age. And they'll be complemented by Blau's majestic uh, maps of the four continents, which will be on the back wall of the stand, uh, as well as his grand atlas, um, which from 1672, um, which is in 12 volumes with some 600 maps. And it is the greatest atlas of the 17th century and one of the most beautiful atlases you'll ever see. 
in addition to that, we have a fantastically graphic uh, blue map of China, which is actually a map of the whole world, but 98% of it is taken up by a map of China. And that is uh, imprinted in beautiful blue from woodblocks. And that's from 1822. And we also have the greatest map of London produced during the 18th century, which is Richard Horwood's map of the city of London, which was sponsored by the Phoenix Fire Insurance Company. And it's the first map to, in theory at least, include uh, every single building in the city of London. And that was done in 1799. It sounds fascinating. Daniel, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and talking a little bit about the maps uh, and rare books market, um, as well as what, what's going on in your uh, your uh, gallery. If our listeners want to learn more, what's the website they can visit? The website is www.crouchrarebooks.com. Perfect. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, Daniel. Thanks so much indeed. Take care now.